0: of the Lord, to know and to have the hope within us that one of these days, and I believe it could be very soon, that he's going to come again, and he said, when I come again, I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. But until then, he taught us in the word that we need to occupy until he comes. I'd just like to take a minute and just to say thanks to this church for the kindness that uh, they've extended to Janice and I and our family through the years. I believe mom and dad just made a lap around heaven this morning. Uh, If there was anything they wanted, they wanted the family to remain as a unit and uh, to know that... uh, Their prayers was answered and cared for. And so uh, through the years, you you got to meet them and to be a part of that. And that makes it special. And so we're we're thankful. I like to say to this church, I guess it's close to six years now we've been coming, maybe uh, somewhere right in that neighborhood, to see Rob and Donna. I just want to congratulate you. Every time that we have come to Louisville and had the opportunity to worship with you or to even to observe what's going on. I see what God is doing in your midst. And I'm so thankful for the blessings that God has placed upon you. You know, I can remember the first service in the gym. I remember the first service I had when we came here. But see the faces, and to listen, and uh, just to follow you on uh, the web, and to know what God's doing. Let me tell you, God is wonderful, and he is blessing, and we're so thankful. Uh, Can I tell you, pastor just can't do it all by himself. He needs you, and you need him. That's kind of how God made it, and it works that way. But thank you for uh, the support that you are giving and going to continue to give as God leads. And uh, just to know that God is at work. I had an overseer, Brother Davis, one time. His statement was that God is always at work. And I believe that. And so uh, thank you for being obedient unto the Heavenly Father. But thank you for supporting the ministry that God has placed in Rob's heart. And so we thank you. Donna, thank you for the wonderful meals she makes and hosts to us and playing in this way. Uh, a few months ago when uh, this was kind of taking place that we were going to see if we could get together on a week and, and meet together, uh, Janice said, Rob, wants you to preach. And I thought, Wow. What an honor. And so uh, thank you, Pastor, for sharing and allowing me today to to share the word of the Lord. I want to, I do believe that I have a word from God. And I want to talk to, to us probably more as a congregation of the body of Christ than just a revival type message or sermon. But God wants us to be victorious, he wants you to be victorious over every battle that you come in. And so when I think about that, and I've watched the series that you all have gone through and been a part of, and to come along, in my life, I made the statement, a lot of times I learn things the hard way. I don't know about you, but maybe it comes a little easier and a little natural. And, and what I'd like to share with you this morning is probably the first Bible story that I remember as a little child. My parents were Christians. They took me to church. I wish I could say that I'd been a Christian all my life, but there was times when I, I just went astray. That's the way to, to put it. You know, the enemy was able to overcome in my life. God never meant for that to be. He wanted me to be victorious all of my life. But there come a day in my life when I really surrendered myself to him, that that's when I was able to begin to So I never dreamed I'd end up in ministry. I was in the army when I got saved. And uh, God spoke to me in a bar in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Saturday morning. I know it just as good as if it was Yesterday. But in the middle of it, he spoke into my life. Now, remember from a child, I've come to church. I've had the Bible stories. I understood my parents always lived a godly life before me. But in the middle of it, the enemy at times was able to overcome me. And it was the reason was because of me. It wasn't because of God. And so this Bible story, the first one that I ever remember is David and Goliath. Have you ever? All of you know that story, David and Goliath. Now, when when I heard that, as probably about a four or five year old in a Sunday school class, you know, uh, I kind of remembered, and I've heard it down through the years, and I've heard a lot of sermons on David and Goliath. Uh, But one day, when I was studying and going through some notes and, and and meditating. I begin to realize how does that story relate to me now I'm not going to read the 17th chapter of first Samuel today but sometime this afternoon I'm going to ask you to read it uh, but I want to preach out of it and so for the sake of time I'm not going to read that story because I feel the majority of us already know that story and we understand that David was victorious over a giant uh, that was really intimidating Israel, and so when we look to that today, that's where I want to begin, and I want to talk to you. About it. I want to share with you six principles that I finally learned out of this story. You see, I and I have wore every T-shirt. So in the midst of this, it takes time. For me to to get to the point there. This morning when I was going through scripture again. I found another area I might can add a point if I ever get to preach this again. But, But it's another principle that I will begin to understand. Can I tell you God's word is the same today as it was then. And God wants us to understand his word. And sometimes I have trouble translating what God is wanting to say into my life in the 21st century when I'm reading about things that happened even before Jesus came upon the scene. But it is important to us. And so in there, there there are six six principles I want to, to share with you. But I want to just kind of set the scene of this story. Israel, remember, is God's chosen people. He loves them. He's always wanted to bless them. And and they belong to him. But Israel is kind of like you and I at times. You know, we're kind of like they were. We find at times that we stray from what God really wants us to do. You know, we've heard his word. We know his word. But yet at the same time, sometimes we fail to be obedient under that. Because of disobedience, we find Israel is at a point of war. The Israel army is on one mountainside. The Philistine army is on the other mountainside. And they are coming to war against one another. Now in the middle of this scene, there comes a giant that walks out into the valley every day, and he gives a challenge unto Israel. And the challenge is, just come, any one of you, just come down and fight me. If you take my life and kill me, then we, the Philistines, will be your servants. But if I kill you, then, then you will become our servants. Now, When we look at this scene, for 40 days, remember, we're in war. For 40 days, this giant comes out and intimidates the army of Israel. When he comes and he roars, and he is so much bigger than they are, and and in the middle of it, he's intimidating their God, using it in vain. Trying to challenge them to just come on down and fight me. And every time that he would come out, Israel would hunker down in the bunkers. You know, they, 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 were, they were intimidated. They, were, they felt they were no match for this giant. Now, we've got to remember Solomon is king. Solomon, according to the word, he stands head and shoulders above anybody else in Israel. He's the largest man of Israel, and he's the leader of the battle, and he's not headed down off of the hill. But in the middle of it, can I tell you, the devil does the same thing to you and I. There are areas in our life where he tries to intimidate us. And to make us feel that we are no match for it and that we can't be victorious over it. But I want you to know today that God loves you and God's made a way when we begin to look unto him and honor his word that we can be more than a conqueror through him that loved us than he that's in the world. And so when we look to there, that's what's taking place, Israel. It's kind of like uh, today. We have an enemy, you know, that's wanting to intimidate America. You know, everything that takes place. But yet I'm here to tell you, I'm glad that we have an army that's not intimidated just because they sneak around and they they try to connive and skeeve and come against them that way. Can I tell you today that probably if you're not in a battle now, you can remember some battles that you've been through, but I'm here to tell you there's going to be some battles under tomorrow's, but in the middle of those battles, we have a heavenly father that wants us to know that we can overcome him. And so in the midst of that, now, that's hard for me to understand when I was a six-year-old child beginning to hear the story of David. And I can remember the five stones that he put and the rock and the sling and the staff, but I didn't understand how to begin to incorporate it into my life. But yet, when we read this story, there's some principles that I will tell you that if you will follow them, you can be more than a conqueror through Jesus. Now, the first principle that he gives unto us how that David, when he goes, remember Jesse has three boys that are in the army and they're out there in war. He wants to know how the battle's going. I can remember when we were going into Baghdad for when I got home every day, I turned the TV on. I wanted to see what was taking place in the war. That's probably what he was. He got some food together and he sent it by David, but he really wanted to know how's Israel doing? Are we winning? Is war? We prevailing, and in the middle of it, when David arrives on the scene, here's a shepherd boy, not old enough to be volunteered into the draft and into the army, but he's coming just to you know to see how his brothers are, to see how the battle's going. And to give a report. Now, when he comes up on the scene, when he arrives, that's about the time the giant comes out. Remember now, 40 days, this giant's been coming out every morning and every evening and hollering and trying to challenge Israel to come down and to fight. David, when he arrives on the scene, you know, he was a little taken back by it. He wanted to know, well, what, what will the king do if anybody goes down there and conquers that guy? You know, and he tells them, you know, the, he hears the story over. And it just kind of goes down through the army. Finally, Saul gets word that there is someone there in the camp that's talking about, you know, hey, I believe I could go down there and fight him. When he, got, he sends for David, and when David arrives at the captain's tent where Saul is, I, I believe he might have been in for a surprise. Here is a lad that's never been in the army, he is not trained for battle, but he's turned around and he's saying, Hey, I'll go down there and destroy that giant. Now, how does he do that? The first principle is, you know, to be victorious, you need to rehearse your victories. That's what David did when you get there in verse number uh, 32, how that's where he sent for him. And then in verse 34, David said unto Saul, thy servant keeps thy father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And out of the midst of it, David was able to slay both the lion and the bear. And, he, and out of it, he said, the Lord that gave me the power and the ability to slay the lion and the bear, he will slay this Philistine. In the middle of it, he's rehearsing victory. In other words, can I tell you, you need to know you've had some victories already. You see, that's where we begin to understand who we are. Can I tell you the greatest victory that ever happened in my life? It was when I knelt down and gave my life unto Jesus. He came into my life, and he began to change things that I couldn't change and allowed me to live for him. Can I tell you, if you're saved, that's a victory. You see, when he saved me, he, the Bible said he wrote my name in the Lamb book of life. Can I tell you, the, uh, the through the scriptures I understand, understand that I'm a child of God. In other words, that he has come into my life, he's brought about a transformation, and now because he lives on the inside of me, pastor quoted a scripture this morning, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And so when we look to there, we need to begin, when the enemy is making you think that you can't overcome it, that you can't be victorious, begin by knowing who I am. I'm a child of the king. I've been made in his likeness, and in the middle of it, he knows me by name, and he has written my name down in his book. I belong to him, and because I belong to him, he's promised he'll never leave me, he'll never forsake me, and he'll be there to help me have victories. And so in the middle of it, that, that, that's one. Can I tell you, have, have you ever been healed of anything? You know, I've, I've prayed... And the Lord has brought healing into my body. I don't know about you. I've seen other people that we have prayed for and they have been healed. You need to rehearse some bit. You need to know that God answers prayer. You need to understand that he cares about you. David, is he's not looking to himself. He's looking to the God of Israel. We've got to look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith today. And so when we begin to rehearse who we are, can I tell he's answered some prayers, you know, he's answered some of your prayers. So that's the beginning. If you're struggling with some things, if the enemy has tried just continually to come into your life and pull you aside and to pull you, I want you to know where you begin is beginning by claiming who you are. I'm a child of the King. I've been bought with a price. I no longer am my own, Paul said. Also, when we look to that, there's victories. Uh, and so the Lord that delivered me from the, the paw, of the lion, and the bear, he will deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into my hand. I'm here to tell you, whatever the problem is, whatever the enemy's coming, begin by saying, hey, God is bigger. He said, I'm the Lord thy God. Is there anything too hard for me? And so when we look to it, and so the first principle in being victorious is beginning to rehearse some victories. Now, now, the second principle, it's a little bit different. When I think about it in verse number 39 there, how, how that David had said unto Saul, after he had rehearsed his victory, Saul said, you know, you can go down and fight. And what Saul did, Saul turned around and tried to make David like a soldier. He put his armor upon him. That's what he read. He did. He put, you know, the helmet down on David. Can I can just imagine, here's a little shepherd boy, never had Saul, the biggest man in all of Israel, putting his armor on David, and I can see David just, you know, staggering around there in the tent. But in the middle of it, what does he do? How do we find that David sets it aside uh, there in verse number 39 David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proven them, and then put them off him. In other words, you know, out of the principle now, this is the principle. Don't wear strange armor. I don't know about you, but now here, here's my thought. I've had people to tell me, buddy, if they did get that to me, this is what I'd do. I wouldn't take that. Here's what I would say. Can I tell you, you know, it might have worked for them. Saul, he was trying to help David. Sometimes when they say those things in our life, they might really mean good. But I believe David would probably have stumbled and fell when he started down the mountainside and broke his neck. He wasn't, he wasn't manually, strong enough, built enough. He said, I haven't proven these. And he takes it up. Can I tell you, when you begin to get in battle, you need to begin to understand that God will direct you and he will speak to you. He said, my sheep, they hear my voice and they know my voice and another they'll not follow. I tell you, I've had my limbs sawed off and come crashing down because I did what somebody else said, man, this is what I've would do. I've learned that in the middle of a battle, when I'm wanting to be victorious, I've got some places I go to prayer. I know where I go. I know those places uh, that mean something dear to me and that he can speak into my, day, the Bible said, in the day of trouble, call upon him. He'll hear you. He'll answer you. I'm here to tell you today, you need to hear God's voice uh, in the middle of the battle that you're wanting victory over. And so David, you know, I just got Got to set them aside. Yes. And sometimes we need to set aside some people's opinions and, and, and the, the advice that they give to us. They might mean good, but I'm here to tell you, if that's not the, the God word for you, it can get you in trouble. Yes. I, I tell you, I've wore the t-shirts. So in the middle of it, that's the second one. The third point is, and, and I think every one of us here are guilty of this. When we have problems, we don't want to admit them. You know, we don't want to tell nobody. Worst part of it, sometimes we don't even tell God. Amen. You know, we just pretend that it's not there. Now, when we think about Israel here has in war, this giant has... Come against them for 40 days in a row. Probably they hunkered down and every time, you know, if you could hear them over there in the camp, they'd say, boy, I wish he'd take a furlough and go on vacation or something. Because he intimidated them and made them feel that they're not able to conquer the Philistines. They didn't even want to speak to it. They didn't even want to address it. They hunkered down and, and just kind of prayed, Oh God, let it pass, probably. I've been there. But can I? You've got to learn to speak to the problem. That's what David did when we looked there in verse number 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of the host, the God of the armies of Israel, who thou hast defied. Can I tell you today, when we begin to look up and begin to realize that God wants us to be able to be men enough, I've got this problem. We've got to speak to it. We've got to address it. You see, I, you know, when... There there's a time I shouldn't preach on Eric, but I'll just use him right here. There was a time in my life when you know there was a problem, but I didn't really want to address it. I'm praying, oh God, you take care of it. But you know, as a father, I had a responsibility. And sometimes it's hard for us to admit. There's a problem that needs to be addressed, but until you speak to it and begin to know that the problem there and begin to talk about it, it will never be solved. The longer it went, the worse it got. Can I tell you, God wants you to be victorious. And so when we look at, we need to begin to say yes. We need to understand, you know, and we don't want to. Can I tell you the drug addict, the alcoholic, They will never be cured until they admit that that's a problem. You've got to speak to the problem. You see, we've got to understand. We need to tell God. There's been some times I've come to Nelson, and I'm telling, oh, God, this is going on. This is what's taking place. I need some advice. I need you to help me. But until I begin to recognize it's a problem and say that it's a problem, I will never conquer it. That leads me to the next point. You see, not only that. What did David do? He didn't just speak to Saul. But we found that he ran to Saul. He ran toward the army of the Philistines, according to the word. And our problem we we know we got a problem. And once we begin to say we've got a problem, then we got to do something about it. You see, if you don't don't really begin to understand who you are in God and what God wants to do in your life and help you to live victoriously every day of your life, you'll find that you'll be intimidated by the powers of this world and you will not be able to march in the victory that God has for you. God had victory for Israel. God wanted them to be prosperous. He wanted them to have the land that he promised. Can I tell you, he wants us to have every promise that he's given us in this word. And when we begin to think about, we've got to come to the point, David, uh, he ran toward the problem. Our problem is sometimes we want to run from the problem. Oh, we can be in Walmart going down the aisle and we see somebody over there on the other side. everything ain't just right and we'll duck down another aisle just so they won't see us i told you i've I've wore all the t-shirts you'll never get victory sidestepping the problem you've got to run toward the problem when we begin to think about the problem you know we have to face our enemy Even in the court of law, you have to face your accuser. Can I tell you, the devil is a liar. He is accuser of the brethren. He wants you to think you're no match for him. He wants you to think that he has more power and that you'll never be victorious over it. He's a liar. I'm living proof of that. I can tell you, he delivered me out of some things uh, that I tried quitting a long time before I ever give my life to him. But when I gave my life unto him, he was able to come in and bring victory over those things in my life. I had to accept it. I had to, to acknowledge I had a problem. And I, I couldn't run from it, but I had to address it. Can I tell you whatever the problem is or whoever it is, you need to understand through the love and the mercies of God that you can face it eyeball to eyeball and begin to find the love and the power of God helping you to be victorious every day. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. Victorious over our pro- God wants you. You know, you, you, you've won a lot of victories since Pastor Rob's been here. I've watched. I've observed. You, you wanna, can I tell you, you can win some victories right here. In other words, helping people to understand that there's a God that loves them. You're going to show the love of God when you begin to give into them. To them. We, we know there's a problem out there, but our God's able to solve it. He's able to come into your life and bring a change that will make a difference in your life. But I'm here to tell you, we, the children of God, if we're not careful, we'll allow the enemy to intimidate us and keep us sidetracked from addressing the problem and having victory. Over it. And then the next one, after David approached him, when we begin to think about our problems, verse number 48 David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Can I tell you today? Don't be afraid of your problem. Yes, the problem's bigger than us. The enemy is no match for us in the natural. David wasn't looking at himself in the natural. He was looking to his God. Our problem sometimes, we begin to look at it in the natural. I can do this, this, and this, and it'll get a little bit better. But we need to understand that it is God that delivers us. It's not in our power and in our strength, but in. It's by his blood that I have been washed. I have been cleansed. I have been made whole. And it's by my faith in that blood that he was resurrected by and sitting at the right hand of the Father to make intercession in my behalf. And so in the middle of it. And he comes, and here comes some, you know, I've heard stories on these five stones, and he heard them say, you know, he's got five, four more brothers, and stone for each. While. I've heard a lot of that preached. But, but when I think about David fighting him, he turned around. Remember, both armies are still on the side. Nothing is said in the scripture about them cheering one another on or anything. I can imagine Israel, some of those people, man, who does he think he is? A shepherd boy going to, I can sure hear his brother speaking. (laughs) Who does he think? He's the shepherd boy. You need to go back onto the other side of the hill and keep the sheep. sometimes when we begin to to do the will of God if we're not careful we'll find the enemy coming in and closing in upon us uh, but we need to not to worry about that and we just need to address the problem march right on in begin to say here I am oh God you're greater than I am you're able to take care of this problem I've done this and I've done that and I failed every time but now I'm looking unto you the author the one that forgave me of my sins the one that brought deliverance into my life i'm looking to you you're the one that's going to help me overcome this enemy he took what he had and what he knew he took the sling and the bible said that it smacked him right in the forehead and he fell face down into the earth about that time i believe israel got a little bit more excited If I would have been a Philistine, I would have been over there hollering, Get up, big boy! Now, here is a vital lesson that we need to learn. We need to learn to cut the enemy's head off. Now, when we think about, here he is down. The stunt, you know, he could have been dead. I don't know. Scripture really doesn't say. Israel doesn't know that he's dead. They're still hunkered down in the trenches. They're not after the Philistines. The Philistines don't know that he's dead because they're still standing guard ready to overcome the children of Israel. And so what does David do? David runs up. And he takes Goliath's own sword, and he cuts his head off. Now, they say confession's good for the soul. I I want to tell you something right here. I hope it doesn't always work this way in your life. But there's been times in my life, Pastor, when after a Sunday I left rejoicing, magnifying God. I had victory in my soul. I tell you, I I like it when it gets in my feet. You know, I I had that rejoicing. I know what it was. I felt victorious. I felt I had overcome the problem that our God, my God, had touched me. And I knew he had heard my cry. And I rejoiced in his presence. Come Thursday morning, here that problem comes right back into my office. Sunday, I had shouted over victory. Here on Thursday, I'm facing the problem that I was praying to God about. Felt that God had given me victory over and left his house rejoicing only to find that it shows up four days later. Sometimes we come to church and we rejoice. I don't know about you, but man, the praise team turned me on this morning. I know what it is. He's a good, good father. I know that I'm loved by him. But there's some things that you and I, we have to do on our own. He had the giant on the ground. David had to go up. Can I tell you? That's the difference. of it. He cut the head of it off. Can I tell you? I can remember sometimes I cut the head off of some problems. Never again did I have to face them the same way that I faced them before. You see, when Israel Israel saw the head was severed, it was a different story over there. It was a different story in the Philistine camp. What did he they do? They fled. They ran. Israel got strength and power because they had seen the Almighty God deliver David, the Philistine, into his hand. Now, I'm here to tell you we need to have some heads cut off, and we need to have some victories uh, that we can chase the enemy instead of the enemy chasing us. And so I pray, God, you help us. You need a clock. Oh, there is a clock. Whoo, two minutes. Help me, Jesus. I didn't see that before. Gotta get going. Cut the head off. Let me say this before I go to, the, go to the next point. David used the enemy's sword to cut his own head off. Now, most of the time, You'll find the thing that's bothering you, it is out of that that you'll be able to conquer and cut the head of it off. Got to admit, got to address it, got to be there. Now, when the head's cut off, let me tell you, they ain't no more over there crying, get up, big boy. They're running for their life. Israel's no longer fussing what was Saul thinking, letting a lad go down to take on somebody that we, the trained army, wouldn't even take on. Oh, no, they had faith in the God that David had faith. You know, David knew, you know, in myself, I'm no match for the giant. But at the same time, this giant is no match for my God. Whatever the problem is. It's no match for God. Our God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond what we would think or ask according to the power that's on the inside of us. Begin to realize who you are. I'm a child of the king. I belong to God. He is my heavenly father and he will begin to deliver the enemies. Oh, hallelujah. And so when we look. And the last one. And y'all go have to give me about five. I'm sorry. Pastor. The last one's very important. After Israel had defeated the Philistines. And they come back, you'll find that the scripture talks about David took the head of the Philistine and he brought it into Jerusalem. You know, after, after that, they are, the Israel's army is marching into Jerusalem. I can believe David was carrying the head of the giant. It's according to his word. Now, this last point's very important. When I got married to Janice, I had some trophies. Uh, Won a trophy or two in high school. Little old plastic thing sticking up. I'd won some. I bet about car racing before I ever give my life to Christ. I had some trophies that way. When we get married, I set these trophies out on the coffee table. Can I tell you, they didn't last very long. Don't laugh. I still have those trophies. But you know where they are? They're in a box up in the attic. I can't set them out. I can't talk about it. But I know what it is to have a trophy. Some of you, some of your children, have to, our, our grandson, he's the oldest grandson, so this was several years ago, he started playing soccer. I called it kickball. I didn't even know what soccer was back then. Oh, no, boy, you didn't, you didn't call it kickball. Let me tell you, he's turning down in a hurry. He wasn't even in school. Every time we'd go to our daughter's house, he'd grab me by the hand and say, Come on, Papa, I've got to show you something. What'd he do? He'd take me in his room, and they had a little shelf there. And every time he won a trophy, he had them sitting lined up right there on the trophy, on the shelf. Now, here's the unique thing about it. When he showed them, he didn't just talk about the last one he got. He went back to the first one. I got this here, got this here. He kept coming right down the line. Trophies. Can I tell you, there's something that you need in your life. It's some trophies. You need to have some victories over the enemy that you put them on the table of your heart. And when somebody comes around, you can begin to talk about, this is what God's done. I tell you, I've got some trophies that are not made by man, but they've been given to me by my eternal heavenly father. He's worked some miracles in my life. And now it's easy for me to say, begin to look right here. Reminds me of that song, Pastor. Probably this generation doesn't know it. But we used to sing a song that says, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Oh, I I could tell you. Spirit life, look what the Lord has done. You've got some trophies right here that you can begin to talk about. There's some people you can begin to point to and say, God brought about deliverance in their life. Uh, God heard our prayer. He's answering, He's working. Uh, he's brought us through some rough and troublesome times, uh, but He's been faithful uh, and He's been right on time every time. I'm here to tell you, you need to talk about your trophies, uh, what God's doing uh, and what He's going to do. In- in your life and in your church that they will know there's a God in heaven. When David marched into Israel, he was saying, look what the Lord has done. You know, he's healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Look what God has done. You need to have some trophies on the table of your heart that you'll begin to say, look what the Lord has done. So I pray. God, you help us. Set them on the table of your heart. Take them off every now and then and dust them off. Set them back. That's what we need. I'm talking about how how are you going to be victorious? How are you going to be victory over an addiction or a habit or something that just keeps pulling you down? you got to start with knowing who you are. you got to understand nobody else. They, they might tell you do this and do that, but you got to hear God for yourself. He'll speak into you. He knows you by name. He knows everything about you. He knows your strength. He knows your weaknesses, but he still loves you and cares about you. When I begin to think about it, we got to then begin to say, God, this is a problem in my life. I'm tired of it. I want rid of it. Amen. We don't have to run from it. We run to it. Because greater is he. That's in us. And when it's down. And when the joy of the Lord. Is in our life. And we feel victorious over it. Pull its sword out and cut its head off. Where you don't have to fight that battle again. And so my prayer is. God you help us. You speak to us. I don't know all the struggles that goes on in this church. Your pastor doesn't even know them all. Until you have a shepherd that loves you. That cares about you. Brags on you. Takes you to the throne. That you might be able to be victorious. And some of you. You don't even, we don't even tell our spouses sometimes what's going on on the inside. We're just trying to conquer it in ourself. And I don't say that's totally wrong. But you've got to understand that it's God that will give the victory. And somewhere you're going to have to address it. You're going to have to speak to it. And you're going to have to ask him for help. The God that delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. He'll deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into my hand. Can I tell you God wants you to be victorious? He cares about you. He loves you. Pastor loves you, but God loves you even more. He cares. And so today, I I pray that the Holy Spirit's been able to speak to you and help you to understand this little Bible story. Took me a long time, Pastor. And I think this morning, God's given me another principle that I need to dig out. Up and being victorious all of us have an enemy that enemy is not your wife or your children or your neighbor but that enemy is the devil Jesus said he come to kill to steal and to destroy but I'm glad he didn't stop right there he said but I come that you might be able to have a life And have it more abundantly. Could you stand with me? Holy Spirit, I thank you for your touch this morning. God, we thank you for your word. Sometimes we read it and we don't understand it, but yet it's your word. Later, Lord, when we meditate upon it and we reread it, we understand that you're wanting us to be victorious that we don't have to be intimidated by habits or problems or people that we can just look to you and that you're able to help us to have victory every day and so we thank you for that in Jesus name you know I maybe I should have asked pastor but forgive me